Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program based in East Timor that has a singular vision, which is to promote the health and well-being of veterans and veterans' families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast uh, with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants one-on-one and conduct podcast interviews to capture their story and their lessons learned and things that we can all learn from uh, as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journey and help others do the same. We're going to be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. Whether you're out and about or listening to this at home or driving in your car, we do trust that you'll learn a lot by listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Alrighty, welcome uh, listeners. My name is Michael Albrecht. I'm one of the f- uh, group facilitators of the Timor Awakening program. We're just at the conclusion of Timor Awakening 15 on the Gold Coast. Uh, currently unable to get to uh, the country of Timor because of COVID restrictions. So we're using this opportunity now uh, towards the um, final stages of the program to sit down with some of our participants and gather some of their stories. And um, you know, and share that with you guys out there because we understand not everybody can get to the programs themselves. Um, so it's an opportunity to uh, get their voices and their their messages and their stories out to everybody. So, uh, Daryl Ryan, mate, welcome to the uh, the podcast. Thank you, mate. Uh, it's great to have you sitting down and having a chat with us. And um, I guess just for the people to get a bit of a feel for who you are and and what your time in the service looked like, um, we don't need to sort of labour the point, but just get a, get everybody a bit of a, a bolt adjust to use an army term. Uh, what your military time entailed? Uh, no, so uh, enlisted in 1996. Yep. Straight from high school. Yep. Uh, started off in the uh, Royal Australian Artillery. I uh, did four years there. Um, uh, I was actually in the process of looking at becoming a PDI, and the BC rang up and said, uh, would you like to go to Timor? And I said, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And he mm. said, good, come back from Singleton, back into Brisbane. Yep. Be here tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a yep. an overnight sprint back to Brisbane. Yep. Um, Deployed over to Antayet. I uh, was in the first rotation, went over with the advance party. I mm. uh, was more sort of CML work to start with, um, helping set up the logistics in the AA down the front uh, near Batagade. Mm-hmm. Uh, returned back from there. Uh, actually went down to Kapuka as an RI. Um, oh, right. Pretty much had a couple of weeks off straight from deployment, straight into Kapuka, straight into my first platoon. So um, had some pretty big challenges straight up on return. Um Actually, uh, then core transferred over to transport and finished up uh, being medically discharged in 2008. Okay. Um, so I've been out now for just on near 13 years. Yep. Um, numerous, various jobs between now and discharge. Um, just uh, recently, last year, being medically retired. So okay. I'm in that transition process of being full-time work to, um, I guess, trying to find some new purpose in life. So... Yeah. yeah, it's not a common thing with veterans, yes. you know, and the, yep. the transition thing is uh, not just a, a two-day transition seminar and then you're good to go within a few months. Like for many people, this is still going on as yourself and, and in many cases, you know, we have Vietnam veterans who still feel like they're transitioning yep. decades later. Yeah. Um, so that's what this is all about. This is about giving veterans some resources and some ideas. So um, thanks for that overview, mate. That's, that's really insightful and gives us a bit of understanding of who you are and what you did. Um I guess looking back on that, uh, what was the – you sort of touched on a couple of friction points there. What were the biggest challenges for you during transition itself? Um, I found for me I, 
basically it was a medical discharge. So the last 12 months wasn't at work. I was in hos- in and out of hospital, um, plenty of challenges. Uh, literally got the discharge letter and, and that was it. Um, there was nothing from that point on. I didn't hear from anyone um, and really had to try and figure it out myself. Uh, what I actually did, part of mine, is that I found I was having no real success with the psychologists and psychiatrists. So I actually went off and did a lot of um, some, some coaching skills and found some other ways to take care of myself. Um, so, yeah, I found it quite... Um, I'm trying to pick the word. It's kinda, mm-hmm. It was very sudden and it was over. Yeah. And it was... I was on my own trying to figure it out what I do next. So I found it quite... It's quite scary. Yeah. Um, and had to really just sort of fumble my way through, you know, trying to pick my life back up again. At that point in time, I had a couple of kids, wife, family and... So, yeah, it was very challenging, my transition. Yep. Um, same thing, did the two-day transition course and all they talk about was how to buy a house. You know, yep. So I found that... Um, Show you the statistics that there's 300 people waiting for a job at Coles. So yes. you, should, you should probably stay in. Yeah, that was <laughs> pretty much it. So it was um, quite a scary period of time and it took mm. um, quite a few years to sort of really find anything that was sort of giving me an opportunity to, yeah. you know, to get back into the work. And mm. when I did, um, it was a challenge continually from that point on for me. So, and I've really had some um, some big challenges over the last 13 years since I've been out. Yeah, yeah, I can certainly feel that and I can hear it in your, in your story there. And, um, yeah, within realms of what you're happy to talk about, I, I gather that your, your discharge medical was of a psychological nature? Yeah, um, yeah, PTSD and alcohol abuse. Okay, um, yep. Got no real shame in saying yep. that now. Once upon a time we used to run and hide from the label, but yep. look, it's a part of, I guess... Part of the growth is you've got to sort of understand what's going on to fix it. It's once you know the problem, you can kind of find the solution as well. So, yeah, medically discharged for PTSD uh, and alcohol abuse. You've got to label it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. And, um, yeah, there's no expectations to share any more than that you feel comfortable with. I appreciate um, you know, telling us what you have. And, uh, yeah, that, that's not uncommon. That, that That's not uncommon back then. It's not uncommon now. And I think anyone listening to this would certainly benefit from you know how you got through that because you're standing here today you're coming on programs you know you you are dealing with a lot of stuff in your life right now that i know from our you know chats um offline but um you know you mentioned you went and got some coaching you went and did some other things because some other kind of traditional things weren't working um how did you get through the darkest times um well to beginning it was the alcohol unfortunately yeah, with the, yeah. the substance abuse which most of us do um what i found with I guess the, the coaching, the NLP sort of stuff, it, it resonated more with me. It was more about the understanding of how we do things and why we do things. Yep. And I guess the biggest challenge I had was I didn't understand what was going on. You know, the time I'd spend a bit of time in hospital with it. Um, and I guess it's, it's really hard to understand when things are happening and just going, well, why is that happening? You know, why am I doing this? Why mm. am I doing that? Yep. And, you know, it's those things that impact your life so much. And, um, I guess in the darker times, unfortunately, it was the alcohol. Mm. Um, and until I hit a, a certain point where things went really bad with the alcohol, and that was one of those moments where I stopped and thought, I've got to do something different here. Um, so I found quite often for most of the time I was alone and really having to sort of pull myself out of nearly every day to keep myself going. Mm. Um, and I guess one of the things I've found that has kept me sane or whatever you want yeah, to put on yeah. it um for me is i grew up bodyboarding surfing um and for me the ocean is my place yeah right 
Um, how cool is that? Well, perfect place. Yeah. <laughs> You're no, not complaining at all. <laughs> Rainbow Bay on the Gold Coast, perfect place to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, I guess it's, for most people that have got Petty's own stand, that the mind just doesn't stop. It just, it's continually, there's something going on, something going on. And um, for me, the ocean is what, I guess, calms my mind. Um, I tried all the meditation and, you know, everyone said, do this breathing and counter this and yoga positions. But for me, none of those really worked. And I guess now my understanding is meditation for everyone is different. Everyone needs to find what's their version, whether that's a walk along the beach. For me, it's being in the ocean and surfing. Um, And I guess a lot of the clinical courses I did, they were all like meditate, meditate, meditate. And it just, it just did not work for me. So I spent a lot of time in the dark, I suppose. Yeah. Um, to sort of answer your question there, there was no real way of pulling myself out of the dark and it's only been the last few years where I really got back into the surfing and um, I guess sort of started to centre myself again. Yeah, I think you're on the money there. You've got to find what's meditative for you yeah. and if it's the counting and the breathing and the yoga's not it, maybe it will be it later down the path once you mm. sort of got out of the worst times but if surfing's it for you, sweet. Archery is it for you? Sweet. Hiking's it for you? Yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, what what had you been trying that wasn't working? And the purpose of these podcasts is not to you know bash any professionals out there. When even even the jokes about you know transition someone out, there's no venom in that. It's just a case of saying that that's that is what it is. The people who are doing that are doing a great job. It's yep. just that two days is is two days. Yep. Um, what sort of traditional things were you trying aside from what you've just mentioned that? also kind of wasn't hitting the mark and made you go looking elsewhere um well i've had a bit of a shift probably in the last um sort of 18 months where i was doing a lot of psychological work with psychologists psychiatrists medication um but what i found is that um i was basically the workaholic as well so right. once the alcohol sort of disappeared it was i became the workaholic happy to work 14 16 hours a day so wasn't really committing to the psychologist, mm. the things that we're going through. Um, it's only been in probably the last six months where I've actually started to utilise what the psychologist has actually been teaching me. So a bit of a combination between that, what I've learned through the NLP and the coaching, mm-hmm. I find if I sort of blend them together okay. and find that right balance point. Um, and I guess I've got a really supportive partner right now. Yep. Um, she's very understanding of... My craziness, I suppose, as we can we can put it. Yep, um, yep. She understands it. She's very supportive. So having someone that um, I guess I can now communicate with mm. that understands where I'm coming from. So I guess having a, a good little support group and my mum and my dad, they're the same. Uh, they're very supportive and understanding of it. And now that I've taken the workaholic part out, mm. I've got the time to actually and use the skills that we've been taught and stuff that we've been taught on the course as well because I did um, TA14 last year as yeah, well. Because yep. so. it's, uh, it's about actually doing it, isn't it? Because the, the whole workaholicism, that's just escapism. Yes. That's just running from it. Yep. And on the surface, it can look like we're together because we're getting results, we're getting stuff done, we're making money, we're putting bread on the table, we're yep. innovating, whatever the case may be, but the root, root things aren't being taken care of, are they? In, yeah, at right. times. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And how important is it, um, yeah, this is as much a statement or as a question, but um, to have a supportive partner, you know what I mean? Someone who understands yep. where you're at, someone that whether they are or are not a veteran themselves, but someone that can empathise with where you are, like it's, it's huge. I, I think it's really important, it's, um, especially on the down days. And 
I guess the communication with that partner is very important. Yep. That you can sort of turn and say, look, I'm having a bad day. This is going to be one of those days where I just need you to just be there for me yep. or you know, put your hand on my back, those sort of things. So having someone there close to you that can do that and understands it, yep. it makes a really big difference. So I'm really happy that you've got that for you, mate. Yep. It uh, makes a big difference, as you say. And uh, I guess looking back on all that to sort of to summarise the transition piece, if you could go back to that version of yourself from 2013, wherever it was, knowing what you know now, if that, that version of you back then was about to step step into the world of transition, what would you say to yourself? Oh, um, I think it's I think the, probably the biggest change that I've had is the communication, and that's not just with people; that's communicating with myself. Is asking myself. What is it that I need to be doing here? What do I need to do for me? Uh, I guess when I was transitioning, I was focusing on everybody else. It right. was how do I fix this person? What am I going to do for this? What do I do for this? Where if I had have just said, right, Daryl, you're out. The next six months is about you. You need to take care of yourself. Mm. Um, spend that time on yourself because what's going to happen is if you can fix yourself and make yourself, or not fix yourself, but yep. better, yep. Um, that flows on to the people around you. That's been the biggest thing is that when, mm. um, when, when you're a better person, when I'm a better person, when I'm in a good place, the people around me are in better places as well. Mm. They're not walking on eggshells and like, oh, what kind of a mood's Daryl in today sort mm. of thing. So I think with that transition, if, that, if it, you know, time allows and it's there, mm. would be to say the next six months is about you, Daryl. Go and spend that time on you. That's huge, and you and you've got perspective too because you're you, you're a dad. You know, it might be easier. It would be easier to dismiss that if someone knew that you know you were a single guy with no kids. Because yeah, you could say, oh, I guess I can focus on myself, but I've got a family to take yeah. care of. But you had all that, yeah. and have all that. Um, so that's a big call, and it's I think I think you're on the money, yeah. uh, because a lot of people do sacrifice themselves. Um, to just face out that this is a time where you need to hold up a mirror. This is a time of self-reflection because you have been in a job for a long period of time uh, where you are potentially comfortable or at least you know who you are in that position. Um, when you get out, it's all dropped away and now it's back to, right, well, who the hell am I? How do I relate to this world, yeah. this strange world that I haven't really been a part of for the last X amount of years? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Um in terms of this program, what uh, and you've done a couple. You've done TA14, yep. I think most of it. We might have to leave a couple of days earlier, something like that last time. Uh, I just left the date the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's let's maybe focus on, on this one. What's What's been your team or awakening? Um, it's a funny one, actually. Um, mm. Like I said at the start, the, the label of the PTSD has, has mm. always sort of been there. Um, it was... Um, Someone close to me got a bit of, little bit of bad news mid course, uh, mid through eight through the through the week, right. um, and it just sort of made me just sort of stop and I went and had a good chat to Gary about it, um, mm. and what we actually sort of nutted out is that I've got anxiety. Okay. <laughs> as funny as that is, most people sort of go, "Well, it's part of PTSD," where I wasn't acknowledging the anxiety. Yep. And just having a good chat with Gary and sort of digging around, he goes, "Well, your real problem at the moment is your anxiety." I, said, okay. well, I don't have anxiety. Yeah, you do. So it was one of those moments where now I've sort of gone, okay, well, I spend so much time worrying about the future, the anxiety is taking over most of my my life. 
I'm not making decisions. I'm not having um, future planning. And again, all those sort of things affected the people around me. So it was that was probably a, a fairly big moment for me. Yeah. Um, just to sort of acknowledge the anxiety where I guess my focus has been on all the other PTSD symptoms and the alcohol abuse and where it's once you sort of identify a problem, a lot of the solutions are there with that. So right. it was good to sort of go, right, okay, um, to the point where I actually told my partner and she, she broke into absolute laughter and hysteria going, yeah, I know you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You've got anxiety as well. So yeah. um, again, from a supportive point of view, it was yeah. a good laugh and I sort of went, oh, yeah, righto. So um, took a bit of a day to process that, but yep. I'm already starting to feel there's a change in that and how I can see things going uh, I guess in the future, um, I guess it was. Yeah. It's been a really big impact. Uh, the last probably three to four months. Um, unfortunately, it's been a claim where now I have to go to the VRB, and that actually put me in a, a really big spiral. Put me in a place I've never been before, mm. um, and you know it's probably a little bit raw here. But the you know the, the talk of suicide and you know. Many times you talk about it with your mates, but um, it actually became an option there um, over the Christmas period, and I, I really can't thank um, you know my partner and the guys from Team All Awakening, Gary, Mick, and everything that I learned on TA14 really helped. I think keep me from that place yeah, right. because it, it allowed me to sort of you know I guess some of the, the the things you learn and you know there's so much you learn in the week. You don't sort of acknowledge everything, but a lot of it still seems to sink in and unconsciously it's sitting there. Um, and there were just some little things that were said on TA14 where I just thought, this isn't you, Daryl, this isn't you. What, mm. what are you doing? And from that I reached out and got some more support and um, managed to sort of pull myself back from that place. Um, so I guess when you sort of asked before about the darkness, you know, that's the darkest I've ever been in. 20 years since coming back and having all these symptoms mm. um and then yeah uh, mick rang up and said look mate do you want to come back and do another one i said mm. look this was this is perfect this is what i need right now and um yeah i found that it was i think compared to the clinical courses that i've done in the past where it's very dry and it's very um have to do this have to yeah. meditate have to do that mm. Gary and Mick and you know, all the mentors, everyone here is very open and very warm and caring and it's the whole holistic part of it. It's the mindset, all those different things, I think, were unconsciously helped me get through mm. the last couple of months which have been probably my darkest. So um, it's been, it's been, I guess, eye-opening and to be honest, I'm plug the program, whatever, but it's yeah, yeah. been one of those things that I think it has saved me. Well, it takes uh, that's huge, mate. I really appreciate you sharing that. It takes a lot of courage. Um, you know, these are no BS conversations, and this is the kind of stuff that comes up. Um, and we do this because there's other people out there who are in the same situation who haven't reached out for help. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that jump out at me from that that story. Sort of going back the last few minutes. The first one is it's interesting that it, it kind of took an outside perspective mm. to bring it to your attention partner had already noticed it other people had probably already noticed it gary had noticed it right um yeah they, they say if you're inside the jar you can't read the label yeah the contents of the jar is the last thing in the universe that can read the label everyone else can you know, and that's how we move through the world it's a great metaphor yeah, yeah you know, like we just 
we are the last people to become aware of how we're behaving sometimes. Um, so that's that's huge. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, the other one has escaped me at the moment. I'll I'll come back to that. But no, yeah, if it comes back to me, it comes back to me. But look, that's that's huge, and um, other people have benefited from hearing that. So thank you, mate. Um, I guess moving on from here, mate. Is there? Uh, yeah, I think we've hit on the, some pretty some pretty big topics. <laughs> you know, and I thank you for that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, or anything I've sort of I've sort of missed? No, look, it's, um, I, I think it's probably it has been a life changing thing for me. Um, sort of left the first one and got stuck straight back into life, and unfortunately, it was one of those things where you fall over to to have to get yourself back up mm-hmm. again. Uh, but look, I don't think um, it's just it's, it's one of those causes I think where it just covers everything. Um, I really can't think Gary and I've known Mick for nearly, I think, nearly twenty six years. So wow. Okay. He's pushed co- tro- trolleys at Coles in oh, high right. school. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, and again, it was just a chance meeting down here. Yeah. Once I'd sort of been put off work, I was yeah. surfing, and there's Mick in the water, and I was just like, "Wow, I haven't seen him in years." And I just How about that, eh? It's that whole faith, serendipitous faith, whatever you want to put yep. around that, and um, it's been, I guess, the part that's putting me on the right. I guess I'm, going, I'm starting to feel like I'm on the path now of where I need to be going. And I've, even just this course alone, I'm starting to feel like I've got a little bit of purpose starting to poke its head up, you know, and I haven't had that for a long time. For a very, very long time. I don't even know the last time I had some true purpose that yeah. has was going to have some impact on others and myself. So that's, yeah. uh, that's huge, mate. I think that's what most veterans are looking for because we had purpose in defence, didn't we? Yes. And yep. We get out and sort of that's lost. You have also um, jogged my memory with the other point I was going to raise is, and that's one of the things I think about this this program and again it's not about plugging because there's other programs out there uh, I think it's the subtleties mm. rather than as you said here's where you meditate here's where you do this here's where you do that it's like here are some subtle sometimes metaphorical lessons that are delivered purposefully and then people are allowed time for that to sort of sink in mm. and then it sort of goes get an aha moment yep. you know, that's, that's, right. where it, that's where it clicks um, so I think that's where a lot of the power of programs like this lies yeah, yep. look, mate. That's uh, what I think we uh, have time for today. Really appreciate what you've shared with today. That took a lot of courage to share what you have there. And um, you know, as I say, I don't joke about it. It's uh, it could save a life, quite literally. So, mate, thanks again. No worries. Thank Great you, buddy. Cheers, mate. thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We trust it's been valuable. If you've got any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au. And we do encourage you to share this podcast with anyone you feel really needs to hear it. And keep a lookout for our next episode. Thank you.